You are now tuned in to another episode of Bourbon and Books, the Game Recognized Game Podcast with RLJ and Kev. On today's edition, we are discussing the book, The Other Westmore by Westmore. Cousin Jeff. What's up? What's up? What's up, my brother? How you feeling? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. Another good selection uh, this month. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How so? The, the book nominee or uh, suggestion was brought forth by you, um, and given everything that's happening in current events with um, the author of the book, Westmore. Um, one, what made you select this book, and then um, tell the people who Westmore is. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, sometimes you can have conversations with people and they're like powerful conversations. Conversations that they make you think or they just make you want to know more. I know for me, in terms of folks uh, recommending like a book, if that book doesn't really make me want to pick it up, like run to the, the store right then, I'm like, eh. So I was actually volunteering in Maryland and randomly uh, one of my friends was like, oh, you know, I read uh, this book by Wes Moore and he's going into the book and it was someone who isn't like an avid reader. Okay. And he talked about how he has read this book multiple times and he's going through different like aspects of the book, not really giving it away, but just like his energy just changed in that conversation. And I was like, yo, like I gotta read this book. Like, it's something in this book and you know what was funny um one of my other friends who was like volunteering in another area he walked over and he was like yeah you know i read that book before too a while back it really is a good book so it was that confirmation of hey i really should pick this book up uh to read um talk a little bit about you know westmore i'll start from the end of it. you know westmore is currently running to be the first black governor in maryland that's one of the reasons why his name came up. But for folks who may not know him, you know, Wes was born in Maryland. He was a Rhodes Scholar, uh, graduated uh, Phi Beta Kappa, also was a member of uh, Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, former CEO. Uh, he was a comeback veteran, and he actually wrote this book in 2010. But when you read this book, a lot of things that's being talked about, you know, is based in uh, Baltimore. It's relevant to today. Absolutely. So even something that was written that was written at least uh, over ten years ago appears like he's talking about events that have happened this year, if not last year. Yeah, it was. Um, as I was reading, I kept going back to see when the book was actually written because I'm like, this one, it was kind of relevant, and two, I felt like I was reading The Wire a little bit. Yep. Um the different characters and all that good stuff. So let's jump right in. Typically, you know, we start with when you see the cover of the book or just title alone, what are your thoughts? I, I guess, again, for me, um, I'm going to call it somewhat cheating because Fair. I had like somewhat of a, a introduction. Okay. Um, again, I, I'll just say that I was ready to just start just jumping into um, the book, I had a, 
a understanding of of what it would would be about. I'm sure like your um your answer is a little bit different than mine. So um I saw this book several times and I was like, oh, this should be interesting. I added it to a couple reading lists, but I never purchased it. Um and then as I'm connecting Westmore, the candidate, and I'm like, oh, this might be a dope read. I'm really intrigued by the photo on the front. Um, and it appears that one side is in color and the other side could potentially be black and white. Just by the photograph um, demonstrating the two different Westmores. And so I paid attention to the, um, to the photography of the cover. Um, and it looks as if it's that the same exact street just flipped. Like someone did some Photoshopping mm-hmm. to, to set the stage for the contents of the book. So one, I was intrigued by that. And um, the chilling truth is that his story could have been mine and the tragedy is that my story could have been his. That made me say, oh, let's get it. Um, So as you open the book and you began to read and you, you heard, read, um, what were some things that stood out to you or that made you keep turning the page. So for those who haven't read the book, one thing that, you know, you have to really focus on the way that the book is written, it bounces back between the two Westmores. And you have to really be focused because you you may get lost on like, okay. You'll be so confused. Which Westmore are they talking about? (laughs) And one of the ways that you can kind of keep along with the story is the other, uh, let's just call it characters in the story. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, one West mom is this, you know, this one has this sibling, et cetera. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things about the book, I think that kept me intrigued was, I think there's this false reality that people choose to, like people want to live like in poverty or people want to live like this tough life. Like, I feel like everyone wants a soft life mm. or, you know, they, they want the, they want the, the good part of life. Like they want the first class seat. They mm-hmm. want the caviar. They want the sushi, all, all these things. They want the steak dinner, but something happens along the way. And it just, it, it, it puts you off of that course. Yep. And I think what kept me intrigued in the story is just like okay how did it all like how did it start or 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 where did this all kind of like come from um both west i would say like they came from like good families in terms of like oh their parents were like pretty good people decent people but even having like decent families that doesn't guarantee you like success or anything i mean even just people i know in this in my personal uh, circle, mm-hmm. I know some folks with awesome parents. Kids are all over the place, but I, I think that's what kept me just 
turning the page and see what was happening because it also felt like a, a drama. Um, one of the words that, you know, you kind of use or you referenced earlier was it seemed like you was reading um, The Wire. For those yeah. folks who haven't uh, watched The Wire, you know, based off Baltimore, things that was going on in Baltimore, it literally felt like you was just watching or you were uh, listening to a story uh, from The Wire. So that's what kind of kept me uh, just going, turning the pages, wanting to learn more. Yeah, and I, so as I was reading the two stories, right, I was thinking of the tale of two cities, and I was thinking of other things that we've heard, how individuals um, kind of had similar stories, but the ending looked different. Mm -hmm. um, and so then I started to think about what were some of the, like, comparisons, and then what were some of the contrasts. Um, one thing that really stood out to me was the essence of brotherhood mm -hmm. with both um, brothers named Wes. Mm -hmm. um, on one hand, you know, one got to go to military school and a brand new brother uh, brotherhood was completely formed. Um, he had a brotherhood that was pre-existing before that but I think much of the brotherhood that was formed there helped shape the trajectory of where he ended. Um, the other Westmore, he had a brotherhood similar to what the first West had, but his never transmogrified into anything else that would, that would force him to change. Um, Instead, it forced him to remain the same. And so when you, when, you, when you look at that, they both had support systems. Um, but the support looked completely different. And so it was, it was, it was, real, it was very interesting um, just to see how their lives unfolded that ultimately influenced where they are today yeah and, and you know not to go religious a little bit but just, I'm, you know just, when I was reading this story I think a lot of people and I, I don't remember I mean they may have hinted at this in the book I, I think they actually hinted at this in the book um where one Westmore says you know I don't think God is with me or you know I don't think God is in it like in in Baltimore and what was interesting to me about that is I think God was in both of their situations but it was it was a bit different mm. um the Westmore who you know who is is running for running to be the governor I, I feel like one he was a product of prayers of you know when i say ancestors before him his grandparents and and things of that sort but additionally with that it was like people that was planted in his life that were just kind of just always there to make sure he was doing what was what was right however it, the ultimately decision came down to him to choose the, the right path you have the other Westmore who God was in 
his situation too. But he was it was it was like he just always felt the need or just doing or or he wanted a hard life. Mm. But even with one in a hard life, obviously it, there were consequences that came with that. But God made he, he was making it so okay, you're gonna get a bruise and a band-aid, but it's not anything that is going to take you out. It's not anything that you can't recover from. And at the end of it, you know, there was one who essentially decided, look, I can have a better life. I can make the right decision. And there was another one. It just was like the pull was too strong. And he just, he could not, I feel like go the way that again, if we stand on a religious side that, that God wanted him to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so you mentioned that and I chuckled when he was talking about the land that God forgot in the place where they were jumping out of the plane. Mm-hmm. And as he was describing that, and then it flipped over to the other West, it kind of felt as if the land that God forgot was also Baltimore. Mm. And so the violence, the drug abuse, um, the abandonment, um, it was it was really interesting how I I could see the parallelism between the land that God forgot and one knew God existed and respected it. The other heard that God existed, but he questioned how is all of this happening around me if God is real, right? And I think. As a black man living in America, I think we've all had that moment where we start to question. Like, I know grandma and them went to church and they they did all this on Sunday and sometimes multiple times during the week. Mom and dad, they might have did this, aunts and uncles, and you've seen everyone in the community. And it works on Sunday, but when you leave Sunday, the church service, and you you know, Sunday dinner is over and then Monday starts, you start to question like, what? Why ain't this carry over through the week? Like, why are all of these good, bad things happening to good people? Like, so you start to question the existence, the power, or maybe even the purpose of God within your life. Um, Another thing that I noticed was and I wrote it down when they were discussing um, growing up without a father. Mm-hmm. And Wes Moore, the author, said, you know, my dad. And, and he, so it, it's, he wasn't there because he couldn't be. Right. And the one who was incarcerated said, well, mine was gone because he didn't want to be. Yeah. And um that made me start to question the theme of the book or start to just ask this question like what is the impact of presence and then also at the same time what is the impact of absence right because technically the author never felt as if he was without a father 
He knew that there was a father somewhere within the framework um, and the the influence and the affluence of the father trickled down throughout the house and how things continued. Whereas on the other hand, the incarcerated uh, Westmore basically spoke like, yeah, this didn't exist. Like this, yeah. I didn't have the influence. I didn't have a trickle down effect. Like in his absence, he made sure that there was a system or something in place. Like that didn't exist to me. And so then I started thinking about who filled in the gap for these young brothers because the father wasn't there for one reason or another, right? So you saw throughout the book the theme of mentorship and how it was important that you found that you find someone within your environment in which you can look to for mentorship, inspiration, um, and nurturing. Because that's really what these individuals were yearning for when they met a lot of these individuals. Um, And I would just add with that, like you said, in terms of the author, I think his was coming from, obviously, his family. Um, his grandfather was uh, a staple uh, in his life. Obviously, when he he went off to what I would call boarding school, he found like those mentors and um, those pillars there. And for the incarcerated Westmore, it was unfortunately his older brother, Tony, who, yeah, who still was trying to figure it out. And honestly, he, what, he didn't have the ability or the capacity to be like leading uh, someone else. However, I think his brother still understood like right from wrong. And he yeah. tried to navigate him not to go that way. But, you know, one of the things just as leaders or mentors that we fail to do is like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think his brother just couldn't see past that. It's like, yeah, you're telling me one thing, but you're doing something else. And even some of those small words that for the incarcerated Westmore that his, his brother had said to him, like, that's the, those are the things that drove him. And I don't want to say that was an excuse for his behavior, but he held on so, um, so much to it, to his own detriment. And I don't, I don't think when his brother was telling him that he didn't understand the, the weight, or he, I don't think like in those moments when he said those, like he didn't want that to translate to what was happening to him in his life. Yeah. Um, but you know, like all of the books that we read, black fathers are are so are so important. Yeah. They they just are, and you know, and, and I don't want to take you this moment to say like, oh, um, mothers aren't either. Yeah. Because they they are, and mothers typically are the ones that are there. But you can, you can really, as a, as a male, you can really feel the impact yeah. of not having like a father in the household. Yeah. Well, and you know, it goes back to child development. Children can't be what children don't see. Yeah. And when you, when you look at, I mean, we can go down the whole entire bunny hole on how the absentee father was created because depending on who you talk to, it was created by systems. Yeah. Um, 
that helped us get to where we are today, right? When you look at the absence of the of the black father in the household, you you rob the children of one seeing how to form healthy attachment and relationship uh, styles and coping mechanisms and like how do I handle conflict, mm-hmm. right? So if I don't have you know, two parents in the household, I'm not going to know how to really engage or to do this thing in my house because I don't have a framework or reference point. Right. Um, men won't, young boys won't get to see how to properly love their wives in the house. They'll see Mm -hmm. it out of the house, but where are they more? They're in the house. Right. And so young ladies won't get to see how a man should love her when she becomes a man um if that role isn't filled in a healthy manner within the house right and so you got to see that play out multiple ways throughout the book another thing that i will say that i noticed was the concept or the idea of second chances yeah right that was something that um individuals even certain characters uh, received often um Mm -hmm. the brother that um unfortunately will be in prison until he transitions from this world received so many second chances and so many opportunities for him to realign himself um but his support system wasn't strong enough to support the realignment. Yeah. Um, the first Westmore, the author of the book, he had a lot of second chances because he was taken out of the environment that was imbruing him, sent to military school, and that opened up so many opportunities and exposed him to so many things that his zip code was not going to permit him to do. And, you know, like he talks about, uh, he wasn't a saint. Oh, uh, absolutely. I just, you know, I just want to let the readers know, like yeah. they, they both were going down paths that were not going to lead to good at all. Um, but also too, you know, good can come from a bad situation. Absolutely. Right? Cause I think a lot of people just think like, you know, everything got to be so good to get, to get good. No, you can get good from a situation that is not, idea and and what it's supposed to be one of the things the book talked about which i thought was very interesting one of the lines were you know every city lives a double life true and i thought the same for people every person lives a double life and in that statement you know in this book it plays out and so much you got two people same name essentially it's like a, a double like it's, it's one person on on one life another one on, on a different life yeah also too i think it's just about from an everyday standpoint you know most people can be uh they can be guilty of living a double life now obviously not just jumping to someone being promiscuous but you know you have your professional persona and then like you have your after five Fair. you know Fair. during the day i'm jeffrey yeah. Don't call me Jeff. Yeah. After five, you can call me Jeff. <laughs> so that whole thing about, you know, double life, I, I thought that was, I thought that line was very, uh, very intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, 
very intentional in, in the book. And, and since we're on this 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 whole uh, frame or th this language about intention, I truly believe that certain people have divine, um, what the divine like was the intervention on their lives. Okay. Like you, let me tell you. I believe like you really have to mess up what is in line for you. It, it kind of goes back to like, you know, what God has for me is for me. Yeah. Now God may have X for you. He never meant for you to go left, right, up, down, whatever, but X is still going to be there. Yeah. And I feel like as uh, an individual, as a human, we decide how we going to get to X. But I truly believe the author of this book, like it was divine um, intervention on his life, just from a, a standpoint of his village, his 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 family, even with him going to um, going to the uh, academy, you know, his mom like reaching out to family members saying, "Hey, you know, I see where my son is going. Uh, it's just very important if I can just kind of just scrape up this money for him to go there." Yeah with them even having an opportunity to move in with family in Brooklyn, because they could have easily said no with his granddad, essentially mortgaging off his, his paid off house in order to pay, you know, the last bit of money. And I, I even look at how uh, Westmore, the author, he interned in the mayor's office. Yeah. It's, it's like a 360 moment. I mean, he just really had to step into I feel like um, a role that had already has his name on it. Yeah. And, you know, the folks who even, I mean, cause again, I really didn't know about Westmore and, you know, I'm probably late to the game and this is probably just a couple of months ago, but the way that people talk about Westmore right now, the author, they're basically saying, look, this man can, and, and is a very high probability that at some point, he could be a candidate for the president of the United States. It's just like mind blowing. And, and again, I think like sometimes in life, sometimes you just have to show up. That's good. That's good. That's good. And I think many of us, for one reason or another, we have a fear of showing up. So we don't, mm. right. It's that imposter syndrome. Um, I think back there was, there was a quote, that talked about, uh, where is it? From his introduction, he says, I was surprised to find out how much we did have in common aside from our names and how much our narratives intersected before they faithfully diverged. Learning the details of his story helped me understand my own life and choices. And then when we were talking about second chances, um, also from the introduction, uh, Wes said, from everything you told me, both of us did some pretty wrong stuff when we were younger. And both of us had second chances. But if the situation or the context where you make the decisions don't change, then second chances don't mean too much. I guess exactly. it's hard sometimes to distinguish between second chances and last chances. Mm. Bro, like, and that was just the introduction. And I literally, I reread the introduction and I tried to put some stuff into perspective like, shit, 
some of this is coming from a brother who won't get to see the other side of the prison wall ever again in person. Pictures, television, social media, windows, but that's the extent. And so to to be in a situation where you are forced to really process, deal with the regret, disappointment, and devastation, all of your decisions, that's a powerful thing, man. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think people understand how heavy that concept is. I think that's what made me continue to read the book. I think that's what made me continue to dive in and I was able to see both sides. And sometimes I had to reread a a section and look at it from the other Wes's perspective. Mm. And it was, it was powerful to me. So like, just to think two individuals who grew up minutes apart Mm -hmm. who were going down the same path just on different streets. Mm -hmm. How how important having people around you Mm -hmm. that can prophetically see that this is not how your life is going to end and being able to say that or being able to recognize, let me say recognize, being able to recognize that we all have an earthly assignment that was created in the spiritual realm. And that assignment may not be to propel me. Sir, don't preach. Right I, and and that, that really made me sit here and think like, a lot of the things that we are called to do, not things that we think of on our own, right? But things that we are called to do help to propel someone else's journey. Yep. And if we fail to show up, where does that leave them? And I think that helps. This book helped me to realize the sense of altruism that I was taught, the willful submissions of one's wills and wishes for the wills and wishes of another. Mm. Like, when you when you see a need being able to look beyond the person that is in need and see how that need can help fulfill another aspect and further propel someone along their journey i think when you get out of the me and focus on we i think that's where we can get you know malcolm x said when you when you change i to we illness goes to wellness and so when we get out of that selfish concept And my mentor, you know, as we're talking about mentors, my mentor once told me, he said, well, you take care of the things that you're called to do. Someone else is taking care of the things that's called to do that benefit you. Mm, Powerful. Right. And so when you stop focusing on what can I get and because your job isn't to focus on that, your job is to focus on what you've been called to do to help in the spaces where you are. Right. To be a light in the corner where you are. You focus on what you're called to do. 
and then everything else will be added to you. And it made it made me think of you know as it, some people say it's we over me. Yeah. Um, one of the lines out of the book, uh, the author says, "I snuck in despite coming up in the margins." I said, "Sir, <laughs> yeah. let me do a little dance because." <laughs> And it, you know, it made me, it made me think about my own life and, you know, I'll give a quick uh, antidote. If my, specifically if my parents listen, I think, I don't think I ever shared this. So growing up, I'm the oldest um, of three and I used to always want to hang out with my older cousins. You know, they were older, they were cooler, they were doing things before I had the opportunity or ability to do it, like having, you know, their a car or going out or, you know, they had a girlfriend, whatever. So growing up every weekend, I want to hang out with my cousins. I remember it was a Sunday and typically I would stay at their house from Friday to Sunday. Sunday supposed to be going back home. And I ain't gonna lie, even at that age, I was a bit, I was nerdy, you know, I had to. <laughs> I had to get back home to, you know, I hung out, but I understood I need to do my homework, man. Like I gotta, I gotta be ready on Monday. And my cousins, they wanted to ride out like to the beach. So we were like riding out to the beach. Uh, and, you know, obviously my cousins did things that was admirable and things that were not so admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of those was like smoking weed. I'll just say for the record, I've never smoked weed, mainly because I grew up with bronchitis and <laughs> you, my chest used to be on died. fire. You would have died anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it used to be on fire. And I, I was you, like, I completely I, understand. We good over here. We good over right. here. Right. I'm like, I ain't, I ain't doing it. <laughs> it, it. It would be a group of four people. I'd be like, nope, I'm good. Like, y'all ain't sitting with me when I'll be going to the doctor's office. Nope. So we are. We're going to the beach, and if you know anything about Florida, we're, we're literally riding down to, uh, let's just call it, it's not the boardwalk, but it's the, the last street that goes perpendicular, uh, I think, to the water. Okay. Nonetheless, smoke coming is, come, smoke is coming out of the car. You know, they're smoking, whatever. We get pulled over. I said, see, my mama told me <laughs> to go home. And I was just like, this whole time, like, man, we about to go to jail. Like, like my parents going to be so distraught. Like, what is this going to do to like me, the rest of my life, whatever we get pulled up over. Oh, and at this point we was not legal as it is like today. We're talking about years, years yeah. ago. Um, we're sitting on the side of the street, handcuffed sitting. Like I'm, I'm on the side of the street looking like a criminal that I'm not, I'm not like, I'm far beyond that. And the, I guess the little bud that he was smoking, because they were smoking, like he put it in his dashboard, but it was so like far down, like you really had to be searching that car to look like you could smell it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they started smoking, not get all intricate, like black and miles and cigarettes, whatever. But I'm literally holding my breath, making sure like they don't find something because guess what? They may say, look, all y'all going for possession. Be- yeah, exactly. Or, hell, who knows? They may say it was mine because they probably like been in some stuff already. Yep. 
that's like one of the defining moments of my life just from a standpoint i was like look i i can hang out with people but i know this not where my life's supposed to be going mm. and i don't and, and i just saw when we talk about coming up in the margins i just felt like for me that was a scenario that could have literally went the wrong way and who knows what would have happened next I just don't feel like I would be probably where I am today at, at this point. I may have gotten here, but there would have been a lot of hills and valleys that I felt like I would have had to overcome. It would have looked a lot different. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think of those moments where as the old folks, right? I, 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 I think of what the old folks used to say, had it, not been for the Lord who was on my side. Cause I, I, I was talking to one of my friends, her son was going away to college and you know, everybody, we got Facebook nieces and nephews, everyone's going to school. Mm-hmm. And so I had a connection to him through his mother and we were mm-hmm. friends. And so he hit me up out of the blue and we had a conversation for like two hours just on like, things that he had questions about and he wanted a black male's perspective. So, you know, we're chatting and he asked the question, he said, well, have you ever been involved in something that could have gone the other way? And I smiled. I said, yes. And every day I get a reminder of what I thought I wanted and what it could have turned into. Right. Like. There's there's a few examples where I was DJing in a club one night. Saw a bad shorty. So glad. Brother started shooting. Right. I'm just glad because it caused everyone to go in different directions. And so my opportunity to connect with this young lady was now gone. Luckily, no one got hurt. And I said, man, had I ain't going to say his name. Had X, Y, and Z not came in and wanted to air out the place, I probably would have been in a situation that I couldn't have got out of. Sad to say, right? But as I I see the individual on social media and I see where her life has landed her, I'm just like, ah, I don't want any part of that. I didn't want any part of that. But, you know, um, you seeing things that look appetizing at the buffet, what do you do? You put it on your plate. And I'm so glad that X, Y, and Z wanted to air the club out that night. And I'm and I'm sitting here thinking like sometimes sometimes tragedy has to happen for us to realign with our trajectory. Mm-hmm. Like and and th- I've been in several situations like that where it's like, oh, I think this is what I want. And then God would be like, now, now, listen, I gave you better, but let me show you. Let me just show you why this wasn't mm-hmm. what you want. You'd be like, ooh, Jesus, you got glasses I could wear? Because, like, had you had given me just an inch of this vision, this vision that you're just showing me now, I wouldn't have even walked towards that which was not for me. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, man. <laughs> I'll I'll be, you know, the the DC area is is small but mighty, 
right? And you're like, oh, okay, it's so many people. It's rare that you would run into <laughs> you. It's rare that you run into people. That's a lot, bruh. You would think, right? I've been in so many places and seeing people. I'm just like, ooh, <laughs> like ooh, ooh. I'm so glad I didn't answer the phone call that night. Ooh, like ooh, like God, boy, you got a sense of humor, boy. <laughs> like, but it's all about that one small minuscule event that could have changed our trajectory permanently. Because a lot of those things you can't come back from, i.e. the brother who is now incarcerated. Can't come back from that. And a lot of that was just a bad decision. One bad decision. And granted, the situation didn't necessarily have to go as far as it did. Mm-hmm. Right. So they robbed the store. They didn't have to like execution style fire out the window, point blank yeah. range. They could have just let let it go. Yeah. Um, but in that short amount of time, it was his life changed beyond what he could have even imagined. And I I think of the quote from uh, one of the one of the men from the military school, um, I think he was retiring or something, and he said, "When it's time for you to leave this school, leave your job, or even leave this earth, you make sure that you have worked hard enough to make sure it mattered that you were even here." Bro, that was a powerful quote because I'm just like, "Hmm, what am I doing on a day to day basis that that is, you know, making sure that my existence on this Monday mattered?" that me showing up at this event to support one of my best friend's sons, that this mattered. Like, what am, where is my focus? Like, is my focus on personal fulfillment or to make sure that when I expire, it mattered that I was here? Yeah. Um, so on the Black Power Fist scale, my brother, what are we, what are we rating the other Westmore? You know, I think this is a, one of the momentous occasions. I wish others were here to <laughs> to witness it. Um, I, I can see why people read this book multiple times. Yeah. I think you could gain something different every time you read it. You know, one of the insights that you said, which when I reread this again, it is just listening from one side of the story. And just seeing like what are you what are you getting from it? Um I think if if you are if you if you're a black male, you can relate to this. There there are probably so many aspects of each of these Westmore lives that you can relate to, whether that be, you know, something with your father, something with your family or yeah. village, yeah. like you talked about before, uh brotherhood. You talked about second chances um i think that was a powerful statement uh that you you know quoted from the book in terms of is this a second chance or is this a last chance last chance and, yeah. and sometimes we find that out like too late um but it's important that as we go through our daily lives like you said we're thinking about like the impact that we will will leave uh, when it's all said and done um 
this was a it was a really good book and even from like the you know aside from the book standpoint folks who always talk about Westmore the author they said like he is just like a a great guy like the way that he communicates with other he feel like it makes you feel as if like he knows you or it's one of like your best friends and yeah. things of that sort so I would be interested to I guess just to learn more um, about him. I don't know if there will be a continuation um, of this book. Uh, to your point, even after Westmore had accomplished so much in his life, I do think him meeting uh, the other Westmore, now the incarcerated Westmore, I still think that had an impact on him. Absolutely. Um, if he does win this election, I do think this story it will play a part of some of his decision-making, which would be, you know, for the good of, of Maryland. Um, like I talked about before, every city lives a double life. Uh, there, there is good that can come from a city. One thing about Baltimore or yeah, well, I just say Baltimore, you know, I feel like people always just kind of revert to like the negativity of it. But I, I feel like it's time to change the narrative. Um, a couple of things the book talked about that I wasn't even aware of. I think it said like Babe Ruth and Thurgood Marshall. Like these are folks who are from Maryland. And yep. it, it's, it's information that gets glossed over because, you know, everybody just want to talk about like murder capital. Now, there are things that need to be changed. But the whole purpose of me saying that is, look, we can change the narrative. There's always good in a situation. With all of that being said, I give this book its highest rating. Um, I suggest that everyone read it. You're going to probably end up reading it a, a second time. And it is something that I know a conversation will be had afterwards. Absolutely. I I agree with this. If you didn't give it a five, I was going to talk shit. Um, I actually had a few points to make an argument if you didn't, but now that you gave it a five, we don't even have to discuss that. Uh, it's a five for me too, bro. Like it, this was a good selection. Um, thank you for picking this. And this, this was a book that made me reflect on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, and so to Westmore, the, um, and to the other Westmore. Yeah. Thank you for sharing um, your light and your life within the bounds of this book. And we hope that we hope that it has impact beyond what they could have ever imagined Yeah, for years to come. And we hope that it also helps individuals to, to consider, is this a second chance or is this my last one? I think this also is a, a good book as a mentor to give to a mentee. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it does. It, it level sets and it, it, it sets the stage for, you know, the bridge builder. Like yeah. I'm not building a bridge for me. I'm building the ones I'm building the bridge for the ones that come behind. Me. Yeah. So, well, that's it, man. That's, that's this edition of Bourbon and Books with the Game Recognized Game Podcast. RLJ and Kev. Um, 
cousin Jeff. What's up? I'll holler at you next time. Be light. <laughs> I was I was saving that for you because I knew you wanted to scream. Be light. <laughs>